the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Spreading the court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. God, oh! they did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. What's up, the generation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the NCAA tournament first weekend betting recap and early Sweet 16 preview. I'm Stucky and joining me, as always, on Monday morning, Mike Calabrese and BJ Cunningham. Fun weekend. We had another 15 seed advance to the Sweet 16. Maybe that's just going to happen every year. And a 16 win. Uh, Had some upsets. There were some chalky stretches, but I think it was overall a fun weekend. Unfortunately, my cats are done. Kentucky's out. Your Iowa Hawkeyes limped out again, BJ. Yeah. But we have a couple futures for the podcast alive. Good weekend for the Big East. How you feeling, BJ? Expected, surprised, depressed. Uh, I, you know, I think I feel all of those emotions right now, Stucky. You know, obviously, you know, betting didn't go too well for me. Um, you know, teams like Miami advancing the Sweet 16 hurts. Kansas State advancing hurts. Great, great finish by Drake, by the way. The yeah, Drake great finish. I, I looked it up this morning. 98% chance to cover when they were up 55 to 49 with three minutes left to go. Yeah, Just an unreal collapse by them. Um, shot. But yeah, no, no, I mean, like... uh it's obviously every single year, like it, we seem surprised after all the craziness ensues and we sit here on Monday morning and, you know, like I did not see Princeton coming at all, like coming out and beating Arizona. That was one of the, if you had to ask me which 15 seed I thought was going to win, it was probably going to be Vermont uh, against Marquette, but yeah, just a crazy, crazy weekend. Hawks obviously limped out with a whimper, uh, having to play a road game in Birmingham. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it was another one insane, insane weekend. And I just, I feel all of the emotions right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally devastated for, for my wife. It sucks for Lexington and Kentucky fans. And not, you know, I'm lucky enough that we're financially don't need, she doesn't need to work and, you know, we don't need the money for the bar, but the people that work for her, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people in the bar industry, there are some wonderful bartenders and bar managers that do that as their career. But there are a lot of people that come through the bar industry uh, as a transition period in their life or just are struggling financially, especially right now with inflation and um, some of the the tough things people are going through. And, you know, a lot of my now really good friends are could you like it, it's it's crazy the amount of money that would that some of these bars would make and the bartenders would make if Kentucky wins. It's This is the entire state cares about Kentucky basketball. That's it. And I've, I moved here in 2018. They have not made a second weekend. <laughs> this is the first tournament win in years. And then they couldn't finish the job against Kansas State. So it sucks personally seeing. And then, like, the just the financial implications. You can even go look at the small schools. Like, Fairleigh Dickinson winning a game. Um, you know, even, like, San Diego State. Then that money for every win you get goes to schools for, like, six years. And some of these small schools, that could be huge for their budget. And so watching personally the just the financial implications – and then the betting, TCU, how about that shot? One shining moment. That should be the <laughs> one shining moment on a loop. That TCU shot, unbelievable. Ball had another number. He just let it roll up and hits a, it's a prayer with point. I guess it was kind of justice in a way. They found 0.7 seconds left, and I was like, not only is T- – I don't I don't think TCU could have won it all without Lampkin, but 
not only is my TCU future done, they're not going to cover now. Gonzaga drags, drains both free throws, and I expect TCU just to inbound it and then go home. No, ball says, I'm going to hit a shot here. Millions and millions of dollars, especially the last game of the weekend with all that money changing hands. And it was the weekend of the under. A little overreaction on Sunday, but tight rims. You could see that just with your eyes. And then a new ball. Some, some of the teams don't didn't use that ball, and you saw that in some of the shooting numbers. Mike, no A-10 left. Your beloved A-10 is out. My Wildcats are out. BJ's Hawks are out. How did we going to go? Yeah, I got slapped around in terms of my bets. Um, the ball-rim combo and it leading to two-thirds of the game's cashing unders, it's just classic NCAA. It's like if you showed up at the Masters one year, it's like everybody has to play with this ball that slices really bad. Good luck with it. It's like what the like, – I, I don't understand how they can screw up something as simple as that or force teams to play with a ball that they played with once or twice in the entire season. But that's kind of right on par for the NCAA, screwing up something that doesn't even need to be adjusted. Um, I agree with BJ's take on Princeton coming out of nowhere. Like I like them this year. I bet them plenty this year. I thought to myself, all right, if they're going to upset Arizona or make any kind of run, Awoma's got to be huge. He scores 24 points in two games. So it just goes to show it's like, you know, sometimes other people step up. Sometimes teams go cold. I still, I, I wasn't even involved from a single game bet on the Purdue Fairleigh Dickinson game. But it's like, what are we doing here as a sport if Fairleigh Dickinson, who is one of the worst interior defenses ever make the tournament against a national player of the year 7-4 to, to win like it just doesn't make any sense so it's like it's time to pump the brakes a little bit reset to the second weekend be like okay first weekend was crazy there was some just some things that you can never predict but we actually are going to end up with some really fun matchups some contrasts of styles some really good offenses against really good defense i'm excited about it and then i was just mentioning to bj from my own portfolio i snuck in a 300 to 1 fau bet in early February. So I'm going to look to to hedge out of that, see if I can get a little money. I got Creighton. That was my biggest one. They, to me, from my portfolio, they played the best in the, the first two games. And it was really nice to see them just attack from a, a game script perspective where we talked about this on the live show stuck. It was like, just go after Purdue, eat them up inside, and they end up scoring 85 points. So that was nice. Um, I also have San Diego State, Arkansas, and Texas on the futures as well. So just going to lick my wounds with some some losses over the weekend. But overall, I agree with your assessment where it seemed like chalk was kind of raining. But overall, we, we basically got some of the madness we were looking for. And the last thing, <laughs> like from the Sunday live show all the way to the tip off of Drake versus Miami, the thought was, all right, if Amir plays, he's going to be limited. You know, trying to speculate on injuries is so risky in general, but in college sports, it's even riskier. He ends up with 31 rebounds in two games and they, you know, cruise to the, the second weekend. So just goes to show, don't over-lover yourself. Don't get too in love with any particular play, particularly if it's based in player availability. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say cruise though. I mean. Well, the, the second game, I should say. The second, second game. game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, also, I mean, Drake, their best player goes one of 13 um, and one eleven from three. Drake's one of the teams that, Brand new ball for them. Remember the legendary Nate Walters from South Dakota State? I sure do. Mm-hmm. So he follow, he follows me on Twitter. Shout out, Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I tweeted out, you always have the story of how tight certain rims are at different locations, but the new ball for some teams throws another wrench into it. This year, three-point percentage at 31%. So far, after being up across the board, 
during the season. Small sample size, but definitely worth monitoring. Nate responds, just crazy. The biggest games of the season, they use a brand new basketball. <laughs> just to echo your sentiments there. And like some teams, like it's just in mind boggling, but whatever. It is what it is. And by the way, we're going to have Three Man Weave, who's going to do a Sweet 16 preview, which will be out, I believe, Wednesday. And then us three will do another preview Thursday morning. I'll record that up in New York and I'll be up there for our, and Mike, I think you're going to be there as well for our Action Network Madness Watch Party on Saturday in Hoboken at Manhattan. If you have, haven't RSVP'd and you're going to be in the Jersey or New York area and can make it, then go to actionnetwork.com or I'll tweet out the link again today. And I don't have to worry about uh sweating kentucky on saturday i was like man kentucky's gonna be playing i'm gonna have to meet no kentucky's not playing kansas state is playing so yeah we'll see you there but we'll have our preview out on thursday so we'll just touch we'll just touch very briefly on initial looks or thoughts on those games and then get out of here very quick episode but uh favorite let's let's before we get their favorite moment of the weekend for me it was uh i i was like thursday i had it was a wash. Friday was a bad day. Saturday was a good day. Sunday was a wash. I basically washed overall. But favorite moment had to be TCU. That shot. Um, that was an incredible cover. And you got to love it. That was my favorite moment. Least favorite moment, besides Kentucky losing, uh, was the Drake meltdown. That yeah. was just so sad to watch. Um, just make one shot. They couldn't even cover. Like, I was like, they're going to win. So that was unfortunate. But uh, BJ got a a favorite and least favorite moment of the weekend? I'd say my favorite moment was the Furman shot just to kick off the tournament. That was just an unbelievable, insane scenario that happened. And I was, you know, I was at the games in Des Moines, uh, you know, in media row and they put the game up on the big screen. And so you had just like 15,000 people just going insane. uh, Right. When they, when Kia Clark just threw the ball right to midcourt for no reason. Uh, and then Furman hit the shot. So that With was probably a timeout. He had a timeout. I know too. they had a timeout. They called timeout after that. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah, just an insane scenario just to kick off the madness. Clark in a street jack. Oh, he didn't need to do that. He threw it away. Hitting Pagese. Furman leads. Timeout, Virginia. Did we just see what we think we just saw? Wow. So that's probably my favorite moment. And I agree with you. Drake was very, very sad just going out with the whimper and not making a shot down the stretch and just, yeah, very, very sad. Yeah. The, by the way, Virginia, yeah. Virginia should get a lifetime pass to the tournament. They've won a national title in overtime, lost to a 16, lost to a 13 at the buzzer and lost to a 14 all in five years. And then the other tournament was canceled. I also saw they've done. that. I also saw Purdue has lost to all but two seeds uh, in the tournament, I think it's the eight and the 14 are the only seeds they haven't lost to uh, in the tournament now, which is kind of funny <laughs> in itself. So they deserve a lifetime pass as well to come into the tournament and get upset. I think Purdue's got a top three seed eight times. They have 11 total wins, which is yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, Purdue was, we should mention that, shout out Fairly Dickinson. Holy Knights of Columbus! FDU not going away! Another huge win. One of those, oh, look, gym comparisons where it's like, look at look at the Purdue gym and then look at look at Mackey compared to the FDU gym. And it's, those are always fun. It was last year with St. Peter's in Kentucky. But Purdue, 
I mean, everyone called it, and then it came true that Purdue was a fraud, and they weren't going to. They looked petrified. They no one wanted to make a shot. No one wanted to take a shot. That was crazy to watch, and they just felt the weight of the moment on their shoulders. It looked like the entire game, and I mean, credit to FDU. It wasn't just that Purdue melted, but they they looked scared. Uh, and how does Zach Eady? His final points came with nine minutes to go in that game against the smallest team in the country. Wasn't a great weekend for the uh, Matt Painter narrative. And that will do it. FDU believe it for just the second time ever. A 16 beats a one. My favorite or end or least favorite moment of the weekend. I mean, Furman was also there for me. I talked up the Dins a lot, and to steal a win out of the jaws of defeat was pretty great. Um, totally unpredictable. That was that was probably my most shocked moment of the whole first round. Um, for the weekends, I was kind of poking holes in Kansas' resume in the last month of the season, and that was the only region that I nailed, you know, all four of the Sweet 16 teams getting that Arkansas upset. So it was nice to see Arkansas actually put it together, not melt down at the end. Um, in terms of frustrations for me, I had a Marquette ticket and to watch Kolick play so poorly when if he just plays a regular game, they probably win that. But it's like, uh, it it was, it was difficult to watch, particularly with his teammates really trying their best to keep them alive with the three ball late in the second half. And he just absolutely disappeared. So that was probably my most frustrating moment as somebody with Marquette futures, but also just in general, I was a believer in that team and I thought, they could get you know back to MSG where they had all that momentum of winning the Big East tournament. So that was kind of a letdown. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot. Look, when you're when you're investing in futures, a lot of times you got to escape a game with a game. You have to also be healthy, and it's just single game variance. You got to make threes, and your opponent can't make a ton of threes. In the case of Marquette, I do. I think Kolek wasn't. I mean, he wasn't healthy. He hurt his hand in that initial game, and I just think he wasn't the same uh, since over the past two games. But credit to Izzo and Michigan State that are a pretty good scout and they I think they played very well defensively even though there were some exploitable holes there but yeah that was uh unfortunate to see Marquette go down but we have so futures portfolio we'll do some giveaways at the end of the show by the way we had TCU Indiana and Marquette who are gone and we have Yukon and Creighton left so this is officially a Big East podcast from now on. So you're telling me there's a chance. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 
1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. So let's just quick thoughts on the Sweet 16. We have... Thursday, I think, is the game with it never it never plays out this way, but Thursday's the game with the more potential for thrillers, just judging by the spreads. And Friday is okay, please give us a couple close games. Thursday, Arkansas versus Connecticut, Connecticut three and a half point favorite. Kansas State versus Michigan State. Kansas State opened a favorite that flipped to Michigan State favorite minus one. Florida Atlantic, Tennessee. Tennessee's a five and a half point favorite there after they pretty much just men versus boys for lack of a better term, Duke, just completely out physical them. Gonzaga, UCLA, the rematch that a lot of people wanted, not me because I wanted TCU, but UCLA one and a half point favorite there. Injuries to watch for UCLA. We'll see if David Singleton, who was in the in the handshake line, but looked like he had a bad sprain, so we'll see if he can go. UCLA already lost a key player, and Bone is banged up as well. That's the Thursday slate, pretty good slate on paper. Friday, some bigger spreads. Alabama's a seven-point favorite against San Diego State. Houston's a seven-point favorite against Miami. Creighton, 10-point favorite against Princeton. And then the X versus the Tex. Texas, four-point favorite over Xavier. Let's start Thursday. Arc, UConn, Kansas State, Sparty, Florida Atlantic, Tennessee, Gonzaga, UCLA. Just one thought. If you have a, an early lean or just a thought on the matchups, BJ, I'll start with you. Yeah, I, don't, I like Connecticut against Arkansas. I think it's a really good matchup for them. I mean, Arkansas... They obviously got away with some, you know, some poor shooting from Illinois. You know, Illinois had eight open threes in that game, uh, which is, you know, not not a great thing. It's kind of a dangerous game to play. But again, Illinois was a very bad three-point shooting all season long. And then against Kansas, you know, they just got to the rim whenever they wanted to. That's not really going to happen against UConn. Um, so Arkansas, who doesn't take a lot of three-point shots and also is a very average defensive rebounding team, is not really that great of a matchup against UConn. So, I, I've already bet the Huskies uh, minus three. It's up to three and a half now. But uh, yeah, I'd grab UConn when you can because I think that line might close around four and a half. I agree. I think UConn is just a better version of Arkansas, especially since like Nick Smith Jr. He's just, is he? Yeah, what's going right on now? There? Yeah. There's like, uh, but I think UConn can defend at the rim and mm. that's what you need to do against Arkansas and you can completely suffocate them. So I think that the run is over for Mr. Musbus and his shirt stays on on Thursday night. Mike, any early thoughts on Thursday? Just to kind of piggyback on that, I, I've been mentioning leading in that they needed Hawkins to play better. He ends up canning four out of five threes against St. Mary's. If he can add that on the perimeter, I think they're perfectly balanced to win this whole tournament. So I agree with that play. I like Gonzaga. I'm going to take him on the money line against UCLA. I think UCLA's injury issues are going to rear their head. I know that, you know, Singleton was walking, you know, or Singletary after after the game. So even if he plays, given the loss of Jalen Clark and the fact that 
you know, there's one team in the Pac-12 that plays the same brand of basketball as Arizona. They went one and two against the Wildcats. Gonzaga is as hot as they can be entering, you know, this game. I think they, they proved it against a really difficult opponent in TCU. Timmy's playing his best basketball really of the entire season. Um, so I'm going to go with the Bulldogs here. Yeah, Drew Timmy was amazing against TCU. By the way, Gonzaga fans, just any fans on Twitter, we we sweat futures, we sweat bets, we have fun. I don't hate your team. I don't hate Drew Timmy. Um, that's what makes Twitter fun, by the way, in, in those games. But shout out to Gonzaga fans and Timmy especially for a hell of a game. Mike, you have you've had a, a couple of uh funerals planned. For, I have uh apparently Tennessee, Tennessee and, will uh, never die. They and, heard uh, you apparently. So is uh are you Florida Atlantic? Should they should they wear their black warm-ups for the funeral or are you are you finally buying into the balls i think florida Atlantic is a good matchup i think six too many i'm gonna take i'm gonna be on the outs there by the way i'm gonna take the points i'm gonna take the money line i'm just gonna keep swinging haymakers at this tennessee team until they go down um i agree or they win the national title or they win the national title like hey you can't be wrong seven times you can only be wrong six times so at least there's that, but I I think there I think there's too many points. I think there's a Florida Atlantic team that can match their physicality. I think Duke, and by the way, bad week bad week for the ACC, bad week for the Big Ten. Um, it's just Michigan State left, and the ACC is just Miami left. I don't think many people are that surprised um, of those two results. Good weekend for the SEC overall. Good weekend for the Big East overall. I think that those were the two winners uh as far as conferences are concerned but i don't think that tennessee can do the same thing to duke excuse me to florida atlantic that they did to duke because i think florida atlantic more experienced bigger deeper more athletic which is weird to say against duke but duke's very young and and raw and i think that they just they just got bodied in that game i don't think tennessee can do that against florida atlantic and generally this is a tennessee team that you don't want to back as a favorite um it's just their their offense is still very limited so I, I think that's just too many points. I think Florida Atlantic is a live dog there. And then it's funny you see the recency bias, especially in the tournament. Even though it's end of the year, you think markets are so efficient. You got people in, in the sports book on Sunday that were wearing under gear, under jerseys, and you saw all the unders come down. But so yeah, we saw that with totals. But look at just the sentiment on Tennessee, right? Tennessee barely squeaks by. Louisiana. Everyone says Duke. The whole world is on Duke. Tennessee stinks. Tennessee's awful. Tennessee's a fraud, right? Duke looks great. So Tennessee dominates them. And now you're hearing Tennessee's legit. Tennessee can win it all. One game, one result from fraud to win it all. So I think that's a little baked into this line and a little overreaction to what Tennessee did against what I thought was a fairly fraud, fraudulent Duke team. So I like the Owls there. Moving on to Friday. Let's see. And I think I think Tennessee's still five and a half. Let me see. I should I should talk about the most up-to-date lines. Let's see. I'm gonna put that, I'm gonna bet that right now if it is, and then put that in the app if it is five and a half. It is. All right. We can bet that. Florida Atlantic, it is. Owls. Uh, I lean Michigan State too, but they are moving quick. They're out there with two actually a two-point favorite against Kansas State, who I'm still not a believer in. They made a Bunch of prayer threes, and unfortunately, Reeves started out 0 of 13 for Kentucky. And one one final note that I should mention, too, is don't blame kids. They have bad days, man. You and I have bad days at work, and 
Um, they're going to wear that and think about it the rest of their life. And we're going to move on and bet the sweet 16. So it's an unfortunate day for, for Reeves and it sucks for him. Most importantly, Friday, quick thoughts. And then we'll get out of here. San Diego state, Alabama, seven point favorite Houston, seven point favorite over Miami Creighton, double digit favorite over Princeton and Texas, a four point favorite over Xavier. And again, that should be pretty fun. Mike, any thoughts there before we get out of here? Yeah, I like San Diego State plus the points. Um, I think they needed to break out of the Mountain West funk. They did it. Uh, their defense was dominant. It got better from the round of 64 to the round of 32. You know, facing Furman and absolutely putting them in a chokehold, I think bodes well for playing an Alabama team that is top 20 in so many offensive metrics. I think they can muck this game up, so I'm happy to take the points. They obviously, you know, took to go out here and – throw out the game plan that they need. They need Bradley to score 20 points and be efficient to win outright. But in general, I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. If they can keep it in the sixties, I think six and a half is more than enough to, to get it done against the spread. Yeah. You need a seven out there now. And I think that they can, what do you need to do against Alabama? It's rim and three. They want to get to the rim. They want to shoot threes. And San Diego state does a really good job of defending both. And I think that they can slow this game up to their tempo I tend to think, especially as the tournament goes on, when you have a team that wants to slow it up versus a team that prefers to run it, that the team that wants to slow it up has a better chance of controlling the tempo at this stage. So, yeah, I think that they have the defense. I don't know if they have the – Bradley will have to get red hot down the stretch to pull off the upset. So I don't know if they'll have enough offense when it's all said and done to move on. But I do think that they can certainly hang with Alabama. BJ, any quick thoughts on Friday? Well, I have some breaking news here that people are going to hear later, but uh, per John Fanta, barring a cha- late change of heart, Ed Cooley will be the next head coach at Georgetown. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That doesn't seem like a, I don't know. Yeah, like I saw game. this morning he put his house on the market. Yeah. Up in Rhode Island. So, yeah. But anyway, I, I agree with Mike. I like San Diego State uh, plus seven. Uh, if you look at a lot of what Alabama has done, obviously, uh, you know, San Diego State's not a big three-point shooting team. Obviously, if you look at Alabama's metrics, they're one of the best three-point defenses in the country, um, you know, playing obviously in the SEC. But Alabama is a, is a really bad post defense. Uh, they're not very good at defending the mid-range, which are two areas you really need to be good at to defend San Diego State. So I agree with Mike. I think it's a pretty good matchup for them. Defensively, obviously, San Diego State's allowing around 28% from beyond the arc. Alabama is one of the highest frequency three-point shooting teams in the country. So I like San Diego State as well. I'll be taking them plus seven. Yeah, I agree, I agree there. Uh, Houston laying seven against Miami. Um, I think it's going to be like a lot. I mean, yeah, it seems like a lot because of Miami's guards. And then how about that second half from Houston, though? That was unbelievable. That was like, oh, wait, we're one of the best teams in the country. Let's show everybody really quick. Yeah, with with foul trouble, too, and Sasser limited and he and Shed on the on the bench and Mark went nuts. And yeah, they kind of flex their their muscle and their depth. And they're obviously you have one of the best adjusters in all of college basketball as well. And they came out something to keep in mind with Houston. Like if Miami's up at the half here, I'll be looking for Houston second half again, creating the 10 point favorite against uh, Princeton feels about right. And then Xavier, Texas. I'm going to have to look to see where's that, where is that game? That game is in Kansas city feels like an, another Xavier over. I feel like that game was the, you know, Texas getting a lot of these muck it up big 12 games. But I think at heart, they want to run and get out. And they're 
their posts. I mean, Dylan DeSue is playing amazing right now. I feel like that game could potentially be a sneaky over, but we'll have to break that down some more. But good stuff there. Just wanted to get your guys' initial reactions over what happened this weekend and on the Sweet 16 opening lines. But we will have much more later this week. Three-man weave on Wednesday, and then we'll be back Thursday morning. Episode will probably be out early afternoon going deeper into all of the Sweet 16 games. Big bets on campus live. We'll have all weekend previewing the slates as well. And then I hope to see some of you on Saturday night in Hoboken. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks to PJ and Mike, as always. Thanks to our audio video teams on the back end. We have a couple reviews lined up that I will do giveaways for on our Thursday episode, but you still have a couple days to get in there and leave a five-star review. I don't care what you say. You can say Kentucky sucks. Just leave a five-star review and that works for me. And then we can give you free gear and it helps us works for everybody. But thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the first weekend of the madness and hopefully we can close it out in a profitable way. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. You know the drill, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Make sure you download the award-winning action on the gap. Shout to our sponsor and friends at BetMGM. Time for us to go get to work on Sweet 16. We'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.